0: this is Mark. Welcome to the sixth episode of Mission Critical. This session we're calling Opportunity Knocks. I'm doing the introduction today because my kids are busy at camp and at home. During this episode, we talk with Ashley Chesser about intentionality and the hope that leaders can bring by helping us have a type of collective intentionality in changing big issues in the world. So join us today for an exciting discussion And thank you for listening. We're open to your comments and thoughts. And from time to time, we respond to those with a special podcast. Look forward to hearing from you. All right, welcome to uh, today's podcast. We're excited to have Ashley Chester here with us, and today's podcast is going to be about uh, the topic of intentionality. So we're going to explore this a little bit together. Ashley is a Canadian-born, USA-residing digital creator and influencer who has a growing following on YouTube and Instagram and other social platforms. Ashley's primary focus is simplicity, mindfulness, and intentionality. In her words, she's a multi-passionate person who's always open for new experiences. So glad to have you today with us, Ashley, uh, talking about intentionality. Um, One thing that's bothered me anytime I hear about it is when you're talking to someone and they say, you know, just living a day at a time, enjoying life, taking care of the family um and you know we're just just doing the best I can from moment to moment and somehow when I hear that it just rubs me the wrong way And I just sort of want to bring their neck or something slap them a bit and say you know wake up because you only have one life to live you only have one uh one opportunity in terms of a life to make a difference in the world and I've never quite understood why some people are like that. I think maybe the majority are like that. So I'm being a little bit negative right now, but that really, really bothers me. Um, yeah. And as I've thought about it, I thought, you know, intentionality is really nothing, like without purpose. If, mm. There is no intentionality if there's no purpose.
1: Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, intentionality is like how we get to our purpose. And I, I think, it, you know, what you say about You know, some people, I think that for a lot of us, our natural tendency is without intentionality, we do live our lives day to day, we get caught up in the everyday mundane tasks, the things that we have going on. And so the the reason I talk about intentionality and the reason I'm so passionate about it is I think our natural state as humans is not necessarily to always be looking ahead, but just to, you know, it's easy for us to get distracted. And so that's why it's so important is that, you know, that we're looking ahead and saying, okay, what is my purpose? What am I here on this planet to do? And then how can I intentionally work towards that and not just kind of take life as it comes at me but instead be creating um, and and living in a way that aligns with my purpose and is going to help me um, to fulfill what I'm on this planet for.
0: I I think as I've thought about the topic, uh, I've come to this concept of of sort of the victim mentality. And I think a lot of us, um, we end up sort of blaming the world or blaming our circumstances. And when we do that, we, we, I don't know. Maybe we get lazy, or we just sort of fall back into this life without intentionality because we feel like something is happening to us, or we're we're something's being imposed on us. Um, I think this whole year of COVID nineteen that we're living in right now has also resulted in some of that, and and people feel like okay, we didn't ask for the virus, right? It just sort of happened to us, regardless of whether you think it was you know some some conspiracy or not. Doesn't matter. We're not talking about that today. But uh, it sort of it sort of hit us from the outside and now we're a victim of it. And then to add to that, we have you know, governments all over the world all trying different strategies to contain it. And then we again feel a victim to that. We feel like something's yeah. happening to us.
1: And there's a challenge because in a sense, like, yeah, there are things out of our control. There are things that we can't impact. Like I can't go out and change today the way my government is going to respond to a global pandemic. But at the same time, I can influence my response and how I feel about that and how I act kind of um, given the circumstances around me. There are things we can control and things we can't control. And so sometimes it's about um, accepting what we like. We can't control everything. We're not God. Um, but at the same time, there's so much that we can do to influence our response to that um, and and how we're going to live in light of the circumstances that, that we've been given. You know, we are all, you know, born in a certain place, you know, live in an area, have different factors that are unique to each of us. And so it's about what am I going to do with the situation that I've been put in, um, you know, and not to kind of like you said, have a victim mentality of, you know, trying to think that I, because I'm in this position, I can't, whatever, you know, it's, it's what am I going to do with the, the cards I've been dealt?
0: You sort of uh, a minute ago, you brought God into this and I'm glad you did. Um, because I think that leads us to another point here. I wanted to make, um, I was thinking about um, people who could uh, sort of have a victim mentality, but didn't. And the first name that came to mind was Nelson Mandela who uh, in South Africa was was arrested, spent many years in prison. But instead of seeing himself sort of shutting down and thinking now he could do nothing, he continued to write and inspire people from prison and eventually became the president of South Africa after that time. And uh, it seems like when we're caught in those times when the immediate circumstances, or maybe even at a national level, are sort of imposing on us or constraining us that what can bring us out of that is is a a broader perspective sort of this higher level this transcending vision and I think that's where God comes in and as if you're a person of faith who believes in God you you are going to um, receive that that calling or hear that voice saying there's another reason I have you here regardless of what's going on right around you
1: yeah. And I, I think to what we were talking about of like that purpose and um, oftentimes like it is like my purpose on this planet um, for me as a Christian is like I'm here to serve God. And, and so I want to live in a way that's going to help me to do that better. Um, and then also, you know, as difficult things happen in our own lives or in global situations, I think that some of the most powerful stories, like you mentioned Nelson Mandela, like some of the most powerful stories that we see, it's not because everything was sunshine and rainbows and their situation that they were kind of dropped into was absolutely perfect. It's because they suffered and it's because they endured that, uh, and and that we grow through those difficult trying experiences, um, that makes those stories so much more powerful too.
0: I wanted to bring in another sort of angle on this, and that's not uh, looking at our circumstances as something we're trying to get away from, but actually look at our circumstances that on one hand appear to be sort of routing us or or threatening us and look at it as an opportunity. So uh, one thing we teach in our leadership training in L5i5 is, the, is a, the idea of systemic change. And if you're going to change a system, you first have to understand it and uh, see what brought it to the point where it's sort of entrenched the way it is, and then uh, deconstruct it, sort of take it apart, undermine it, and then rebuild it. It's an op- it's an amazing opportunity for a new thing, a new thing to happen, uh, a new, more beautiful thing to come in the place of that which was taken down. Um, and I think when we have things like COVID-19 and other things, so in your situation to the listeners, you know, it might be something else that is sort of the big thing that's holding you back in your life or you feel it's holding you back. Um, it's an opportunity because it's sort of upsetting everything. It's so many things are changing norms and patterns that we become used to are falling apart or, or being replaced by new things. And that can be disconcerting. I mean, it, it can it's like our foundations are being shaken but I think if we have that other sort of foundation in our lives, as Christians, we do have that, we can be standing on solid ground while the other types of ground around us is falling apart, and then look for the opportunities in that, rise above it, and see, hey, yeah. now I can do things that I could never do before, because doors and opportunities have opened up.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a kind of like a small example that kind of illustrates it, but um, for what i talk about on my youtube channel a lot i'll you know talk about minimalism and a huge part of that is the fact that so many people you know in my american context especially just have houses and lives that are just completely filled with clutter there's so many possessions that they don't need and so a huge part of what minimalism is all about is taking out the excess, kind of what you were saying, deconstructing, figuring out, okay, what is like the basics that we actually need? And then being able to reconstruct from there, like, okay, what does it mean to live a meaningful life? What do I actually need? What are, you know, and kind of going through and you get rid of, or you kind of figure out what isn't essential so that I can rebuild in a way that is actually going to be serve me and be more aligned with my values and, you know, be a a functional home for me to live in that doesn't cause me stress. And so that's like a small little example, but I think with these, well, even though the biggest of issues it comes down to, we need to break it down. We need to figure out like, what is it about this that, um, that isn't working so that we can then, um, rebuild. And, you know, I think a lot of people have been doing that, Um, through this pandemic, my channel experienced massive growth because people were asking those questions and saying, okay, what's really important to me? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to become as a person? And how do I get there? And it's really interesting because I think you saw a lot of people asking themselves those questions at the beginning of the pandemic, and now as time goes on, uh, those that reconstruction that they were trying to do, it's being tested as the you know life kind of slowly gets back to normal, and we're saying, okay, how do I carry this on with me forward? Um, you know, in my life going forward, how do I not fall back into um, the habits and the person that I was? So.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it sort of changes your priorities, right? And if if you don't have purpose uh, to guide what's important or not, then you don't know where to be intentional, and so you you just end up, you know, being tossed by the wind, right? Uh, and it's interesting you bring the minimalism into that, and there's 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 many different aspects of our character and our our habits and so on that can be can be improved or guided because we have this rail of purpose, these rails that we're riding on a purpose and intention. Um, an interesting angle that I've thought of as well is, which <laughs> I, I think when you first think about intentionality, you, you won't think about this, but um, is the concept of, of intentionality and hope. I was this, the last couple of weeks, I watched the hunger Games series with uh, one of my daughters, Braley, and uh, it, it was fascinating. I've, I've watched it two or three times now as my kids, each one gets older, then I go through it again. <laughs> um, but the the psychology in there, the, the concept of hope, uh, strikes me every time I watch it. And how Katniss in the in the movies was her, her greatest power, wasn't her, her bow and arrow. It was it was the hope she provided. And the, the people didn't have anything more than they had before. They had the same, you know, opportunities, the same weapons or whatever, but they didn't have hope. And when she was able to give them hope, they were able to come together and act the way they could have before, but in their minds, they didn't think they could have or had the courage for. And so I think this intentionality, it, it it leads to a concept that I, I don't know if you've thought about at all. I, I like to invent sort of new combinations of words to create new ideas. And this is what uh, I'm calling it: collective intentionality. There's some things that as individuals, as normal citizens and people in our homes, um, if we get our thinking right, we can do it, right? And we can be intentional about something. So it's in our power to be intentional about things. But there's a lot of things in the world that even if we wanted to do something about it, we can't by ourselves, right? There's big issues in our neighborhood or in our nation across the world that it just takes far more than us to do something about it. That doesn't mean that we can't do something about it, but I think it relies on, collective intentionality. And collective intentionality then leads to, uh, I think, the missing ingredient there, the ingredient that's needed to make it happen, is leadership. How does a leader bring hope, like Katniss did in the Hunger Games, and bring the people together so that collectively now they have intention and they can act on it?
1: Yeah, I I think that's so huge because I mean, that's, that's how movements begin. That's how change begins is by people, um, you know, seeing that there's something wrong and then with intention, like acting out upon that. And you really do see um, that kind of collective, um, you know, and, and start of it, the part first part of it is attention and that turns to intention as they start saying, okay, no, this is a problem. And then what are we going to do about it? Um, but To what your point about leadership, that really is so crucial, because if you don't have somebody to turn that attention into intention, nothing actually changes. You see a problem, but you feel like as one individual, there's nothing I can do to change this huge problem. Uh, And and so you really do need somebody to be able to, to step in and say, hey, this is a problem. And now let me direct this in a way that's going to actually create positive change.
0: Yeah, it ties in with, with another concept I love talking about, and that's the idea of critical mass or, or that breakthrough point or the tipping point. Um, without that hope, um, you don't feel like you can even start because what's the point, right? Um, in, in our prison systems, I'm not sure about the U.S., I think in Canada we have a, a law that was passed a number of years ago called the faint hope clause, and so it's that, you know, people are in jail for 100 years. What's the point? There's nothing to live for. There's no hope of ever getting out, right? But the faint hope clause, based on, I don't know, behavior and different things, keeps alive the idea that possibly I can get out of here. And that mm-hmm. changes everything. It gives people something to live for. And I think if with, without any hope, without any glimmer, you know, we, we, um, we don't have even the courage to be intentional. In, in Uganda, when I was teaching leadership, we talked a lot about the difference between something being impossible and nearly impossible mm. or possible. And the difference between possible and impossible, it, it's absolute. It's, it's, it, they're, they're not even together. They're two completely different things. One is possible and one is impossible. But if yeah. something's nearly impossible, it's actually in the realm of possible, right? It, it falls to that side. And so um, if we can create this, this space where there's hope to believe that things are nearly possible, or, or nearly impossible but still possible, um, it allows us that opportunity to have intentionality and say, "Now let's start working towards this."
1: Yeah. And I think that that's the idea of hope is just so important because without that, it's so easy to become fatalistic or even just to fall into apathy about important issues because you say, OK, there's nothing I can actually do to change this. It is how it is. You know, there's nothing I can do about it, even to what we were talking about earlier, the victim mentality. It's easy to say, like, things are the way they are and there's nothing I can do about that. Um, and so that idea of hope is so crucial because it is what drives us forward to continue creating change, um, in our lives. And then in, you know, big issues that we're passionate about in, in creating, um, you know, long-term, you know, larger scale change. It, it really is kind of at funda- fundamentally at like the core of humans, one of the things that really drives us
0: have in your work or you're reading, uh and speaking to your audience, uh, are there anything, any little tips or techniques that you found that help people move from apathy to intentionality or any, any couple yeah. that you'd like to share?
1: I mean, I think one of the big things is just, i I'm, I'm a big believer in journaling and reflection and journaling doesn't need to mean like I'm writing down everything. Sometimes it's, I'm saying a voice memo into, to my phone just to get those thoughts out of my head. But it's really important that we take time to, you know, to, to the topic of intentionality, not just live life without thinking about it, kind of let life come at us, but to really uh, think big picture and to figure out, okay, uh, who am I? Who do I want to become? Uh, what type of person do I want to be? What am I passionate about? Um, what problems do I see in the world that I personally want to have an impact in solving? Uh, there are so many big picture questions that. We can easily live our daily lives without ever asking ourselves. And so I really encourage people just to uh, sit down, like block out time. I love getting out in nature, you know, sit with some, some trees and a lake in the background if you can. (laughs) Um, But Create a space where you're free from distraction, where you can just get the thoughts that are in your head out on paper so you can really reflect and just kind of take a a, a little zoom out of your life um, and ask yourself some of the like big, difficult questions. Uh, and just create a space where you can. Um, in silence um, reflect because I think that it's really easy for us to always have um, different voices in our heads coming in, whether that's through listening to podcasts or other media. I definitely recognize that in myself. um, And it's important that we're giving ourselves time to us ourselves think and to reflect and um, to, to get that big picture perspective.
0: Imagine, you know, what can happen in the world if we took uh, even a small percentage of the billion-plus Christians, and I know you, your audience includes everybody from many faiths, but imagine if it was just a, a 5% of the Christians out there who are not intentional, who are just sort of living their life without purpose, and if we were able to mobilize those people, even in small ways, to start to intentionally think, actually think, because it starts with thinking. It starts in the mind and then it can produce actions. We um, uh, we work with a, another little thing in, in our work with L555 here, um, what we call critical, uh, sorry, what we call excess capacity. It's the same business model that like Uber and Airbnb and so on uh, work on. They're trying to mobilize and take advantage of what's already there, right? There's already bedrooms there to rent. There's already cars there to drive and give rides for people. Um, in our Christian community, there's already time, money, ideas, relationships, passion, hobbies, interests, and so much of it goes to waste because there's no intentionality. Mm. And if we, could, if we could activate some of that, imagine the difference it would make.
1: Yeah. It really is just a small percentage of people who really can make massive change. And I think that part of the challenge is just bringing them all in one space together.
0: Well, we're trying to do that uh, in different ways in L555 and fifty we're we're developing various programs that help leaders, uh, both emerging leaders, teenagers, as well as older, more experienced leaders learn how to be catalytic, how to catalyze change by um, inspiring people to be intentional uh, as you're saying. Um so we're we're working on that. Uh, we're also building a platform called Assembly, which will help people uh, come together and be able to add their effort with another so that there's more hope of creating bigger change and deeper change because we're working together. But we didn't have hope for, uh, you know, by ourselves. Now we have because we can work together.
1: And I love that because there are so many people out there you know, who are wanting to be intentional. They say, okay, I have these, uh, talents. I have this money. I have, you know, whatever it is. And I want to use it in a way that can really have an impact, but sometimes they don't always know how exactly to best accomplish that. And so I think that's so huge is actually connecting people and, um, giving them an outlet for, um, what they're trying to accomplish and and what they're trying to do in the world.
0: Well, this has been really fun. Um, thank you for joining us for this. We'll maybe do it another time. We can take another angle and explore that a bit together. Do you want to say anything about your um your channels or anything that our audience might be able to follow that you work yeah, on? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, so I have a YouTube channel called Ashlyn Eaton, where I talk about simple and intentional living. So we cover things from healthy habits, to productivity, to mindfulness, and a whole lot more. Um, And then I also have a website, ashlyneaton.com. You can find me there.
0: Cool. Thank you very much. Look forward to talking to you again sometime. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening in today. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Awesome.
1: Sounds great.